Hello and welcome to the Raw Podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. I'm joined today by Phil Smith and Joe Nicholson, fresh from their away trip to the DW Stadium. How are you both doing, lads? Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Looking forward to the uh, fourth round draw. Yes, of course. Big, big news in Sunderland, the fourth round draw. Also big news, this podcast has now been listening, listened to over 80,000 times, which is a uh, a nice round figure to get to. But yeah, both of you at the DW Stadium uh, last night were recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Sunderland won 2 0 goals from Nathan Broadhead and Luke on nine. Uh, Phil, we haven't spoken about the Fleetwood game. 2 2 draw. Sunderland surrendered the game in the closing stages. A, a harsh, well, Lee Johnson thinks it was a harsh penalty call, but it was important for Sunderland to bounce back with a, a positive result in the Carabao Cup against, you know, League One opposition who were up there in the same division as Sunderland at the moment, but change sides from both. Yeah, well, I think that was the, you know, the the sort of encouraging thing was that, you know, both sides pretty much selected what you would deem at this stage to be their sort of second 11, if you like. But um, not only did Sunderland seem to have more quality, I think what was more encouraging was they had an awful lot more cohesion and an awful lot more fluidity than Wigan. And I think that's a great credit to the coaching staff because that tells you that the ideas that they're implementing are really getting through to the players, whether they're in the first team in the league at the moment or not. And it's credit to the players as well, who clearly have been working really hard in training and were really keen to get the opportunity. And I just think that at this stage of the season, I think all performances, all nights like that, can be really powerful in sort of building a bit of momentum, building that bit of positivity from the fan base. And, you know, I have to say, I, I quite enjoy the Carabao Cup. Um, I'm not going to quite do a Phil Ford and, and get a dog and name it Carabao, as he's apparently done. Um, I that, yeah. Mad. <laughs> it's a little bit extreme for me. I, but, bet, um, I, bet, I, bet the, I bet the energy drink Carabao are delighted at that. Yeah, I was going to say that's the best PR I've ever had that. But um, yeah, no, I think it's so it can be a great competition when you get a couple of early wins. I think it can really add a positive sort of tint to the start of your season. And I just think that you know, we all know that the league game is the priority, but at the moment... Sunderland have players who need minutes in this competition. And I think it's been a really kind of valuable exercise in building positivity and building momentum. And I think that it was just really exciting to watch the likes of Niall Huggins play the way they did, because you just have this sense that over the course of the season, you know you're going to need to change it. And it just feels like we've got players who, you know, are not just capable of stepping in, but are actually going to step in and bring something, you know, really quite exciting. And I think that's a big change, certainly from where we were probably probably last year. So yeah, let's keep this this Carabao journey going. And Joe was a heavily rotated side for Lee Johnson, but just looking at it now, the starting eleven. Lee Burge has been Sunderland's starting goalkeeper in recent times. Nal Huggins looked has looked decent when he's played for Sunderland. Dennis Serkin's really maturing as a left back. Bailey Wright you know, has started for Sunderland regularly over the years. Alves is on loan from a Premier League club. O nine and Evans have started in the midfield this season. Pritchard is a 10, you know, former £11 million players, played at a lot higher level. Aidan O'Brien has started for Sunderland in League One in recent times. Leon Jack, who's come in from, you know, Bayern Munich. Nathan Broadhead on loan from a Premier League club. If that start eleven started in the league in a couple of weeks' time, if there was some injuries or it needed rotation or whatever, it's still a very strong side, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Sunderland now have got a squad to go on a Carabao Cup run and you, you reel off the list of players that played there and, and Johnson made eight changes to his side last night. The players that stayed from the, the Fleetwood game were Luke O'Neill, 
Dennis Serkin and Bailey Wright. Well, if everyone's fit, Denver Hume could have come in for Dennis Serkin. Um, Tom Flanagan could have come in for Bailey Wright, although Flanagan and Doyle would probably be your first choice defensive partnership at the minute. And then in midfield, so that would have made up to 10 changes. And then in midfield, you've got the likes of Carl Winchester could move into there. Um, Elliot Ambleton could drop back into midfield. So you've got like, um, you've got options in there. So essentially, you've got two strong starting 11s there that, as you said before, would be competitive at League One level. So it really shows the options that, that Lee Johnson's got at his disposal. I thought there's some really impressive performances last night. I thought some players really took their opportunities. You know, like Phil mentioned, Niall Huggins looked really strong at right back. And it'll be interesting to see who kind of plays there between him and Winchester. I thought Alex Pritchard had a really good game. I thought he really pulled the strings in that kind of number 10 position was dropping deep. And I don't really think Wigan knew how to deal with him. And when you can bring quality in like that and make changes from the weekend, um, yeah, it really shows that there are options there. Two players in every position. And that's going to be needed in what's going to be a long campaign when you've got cup games, you've got Papa John's trophy games. So, yeah, I think it all really bodes well for Sunderland. Phil, what do you make of this? I suppose Huggins has sort of made it a right-back conundrum now, hasn't he? I mean, Carl Winchester's done nothing wrong there. He's, he's played well. He's scored there. But Huggins is looking really good. So then, as Joe mentioned, does Winchester go into the centre of midfield? But, you know, Corey Evans is a quality player. Luke O'Nine hasn't done too much wrong. And then there's Dan Neal there. So, I mean, how would you see that squad selection dilemma for Lee Johnson? And I suppose, in a wider context, it's absolutely good to have these sorts of headaches to keep the players that are playing in the league on the toes. Yeah, it is. And I think I'd make a, a couple of points there. The first one actually as well, that I think 9 in the last two games has been excellent. I think he's added by far his best two games as a central midfielder in the last two. And I think that's worth noting because understandably there was a lot of debate over that in the first few weeks of the season. And I did feel he was kind of finding his feet a little bit. Um, but I think it's worth noting that I think in the last two games, we've really seen why Johnson wanted him in that role. So I think that's worth noting. And just on the Huggins point, I think it is a really difficult decision. I think at the moment, I still think Winchester has that space at right back in the league because he hasn't done anything wrong. And I, and I always think that it's important that you reward players who are, who are part of good results and good wins. But I just think it, it gives you that comfort that if there's a midfield injury, Winchester can move in there and you can bring Huggins on. Or if at some point in the season Winchester loses a little bit of form or runs out of steam a little bit, you've got Huggins ready. And I think it's not just about the short term. I think that's the broader point I'd make as well. It's not just about talking about the team for Saturday. It's about this new structure and philosophy that the club's got. What excites me is that we're seeing the players that they're bringing in have athleticism. They have a bit of quality. They seem to have really good attitudes and they're going to get better over a long period of time. And I think that's something that's really, really, you know, exciting for all of us. So, yeah, we can, you know, when we talk about Huggins and Serkin, it's exciting for the weekend in terms of who gets in the team. But it gives you a lot of confidence in what the club's doing for the long term. And Leon Diakou, Joe, made his, his first team debut for Sunderland, started on the right-hand side, I think. How did he get on? Uh, he started very lively. I think you could tell what he brings to the side. He, he brings something different when he gets the ball. He's he's very direct. He looks to run at people. Um, and there were a few bright moments early on. I think maybe his end product, you know, could be br could be brushed up on based on last night's performance. But understandably, he's hardly played any football in the last few months. So there was one chance where Sunderland were one up in the first half. He went through one on one with the goalkeeper. 
um, hesitated and then tried to square the ball back to Pritchard and um, squandered the opportunity. So moments like that, you know, he'll have to have to improve. It, it, it wasn't the sort of performance where you'd say you have to get him in at the weekend. And Sunderland have got, you know, a lot of strength there with probably McGeady and Gooch being the first choice wide players. But I thought there were definitely some some positive signs for him, kind of dipped in and out of the game, which maybe you'd expect from a winger. But I think, yeah, certainly the signs are positive. And as, as I said before, he offers something a little bit different, I think, from the other players where he can get the ball and he is very quick um, when he's kind of travelling with the ball. Still looks quite raw. I think he's still only 20 years old. So um, hopefully we can see more of him as the season progresses. And I think he certainly gives Sunderland a different option on that flank. Nathan Broadhead as well, Phil. Um, haven't really seen much of him in the Sunderland shirt so far this season, but he started and, and got his goal. A, a nice pass from Pritchard. And I thought Aidan O'Brien did well to sort of have the sense to see that Broadhead had the momentum, left him the ball, made the run quite intelligent, opened up the space. And it was a, a nice run and finish in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, no, Brian was about 10 yards offside as well. So you're right, that was a, a really good call. A spot that he probably, you know, was was going to get flagged and step out of the way. So, yeah, that was really intelligent playing. I thought Broadhead did well because Wigan were, were desperately poor, but actually probably their their two best players were their centre-halves, certainly Curtis Tilt. Um, you know, we know because we've seen him play in League One against him before, is a, is a good defender at the level. And it wasn't, you know, Broadhead didn't have it all his own way by any stretch of the imagination. I, I was really impressed with with his persistence, I think. Obviously, the, the quality of the finish is notable um, and it was an excellent finish. But I thought that whereas Wigan in most parts of the pitch were really, really poor, I actually thought their two best players were their centre-halves and certainly Curtis Tilt, who we've seen at this level before. We know he's a good defender and I thought he was excellent, um, very aggressive, very powerful. Um, and very intelligent as well. So it, it wasn't like Broadhead had it all, it, all his own way, sorry. Um, I thought he showed good, in, good intelligence. He's never going to be someone who wins big aerial duels like Ross Stewart does. Um, but I thought he made some excellent runs throughout the game. And I thought he did actually use his body pretty well and um, to create some opportunities for teammates. So it's, again, you know, we go back to the Huggins thing. You know, it, it's difficult to see exactly how he fits into the team right at this moment because... You know, Ross Stewart's going to start on Saturday, isn't he? And I don't think anyone would would disagree with that decision. But it's really exciting that we've got players who you feel like if there's an injury or if for whatever reason someone needs something different from the bench, there's players there who seem really um, in tune with what Lee Johnson wants and are looking really sharp. Joe, it was pleasing to see Ross Stewart come on and be in the squad, given that Lee Johnson did mention that he picked up a, an ankle knock against Fleetwood. So... He's expected to start for Sunderland against Bolton at the Stadium of Light on Saturday. That's a, a big boost for Lee Johnson. Yeah, really big boost. Um, and as Phil was saying before, I, I was impressed with Huggins as well. Uh, really impressed, impressive performance from him. He spoke to the media as well um, after the game. Uh, those quotes will be on, on the website tomorrow. And we're saying how he's kind of worked on building up his, his muscles and kind of becoming stronger and more physical um, after playing for the 23s. Everton, he was kind of saying he wanted to work with Ross Stewart as well. Um, maybe he could play out wide because it's very difficult to see how he is going to play in that kind of central striker's role when Ross Stewart is fit. And Stewart, as we've seen before, has been excellent. He's got, what, five goals already in the league this season. But yeah, big boost um, that he was able to come on. They were able to play a little bit of the match uh, together in the closing stages. But I think, yeah, Broadhead definitely gives Sunderland a good option now off the bench. I thought he made some really intelligent runs in behind the Wigan defence, one of them which resulted in a goal and he 
calmly finish the chance. So, um, yeah, because I was a little bit concerned about that. You kind of thought Sunderland have two players for every position, apart from maybe the striker, if anything did happen to Stewart. But Broadhead showed last night that he's, he's capable of some, uh, some good performances. So, so that's uh, good news for Sunderland. And generally, Phil, moving on to the, the Bolton game on, on Saturday, Bolton have been in a, a decent run of form and have performed admirably in League One so far this season. Well, I get your thoughts on that midfield debate again, because it seems to be the area which is most fiercely contested in the squad at the moment. I suppose Alex Pritchard's performance sort of adds to that again. It's tempting. You know, Lee Johnson said that it's almost embarrassing to leave some of these players out. He's really staking a claim, but Elliot Emberton's played well. Could they play together in a midfield with one dropping deeper? But then who drops out? Corey Evans has come back. Dan Neil's still in there. Luke O'Nine, you've mentioned, has played well. Um, Winchester's as well. So how do you see that sort of developing in the next few games? Yeah, well, I think that... I mean, he has played Embleton and Pritchard together. I remember against Wimbledon at home when Embleton dropped deeper and played as a sort of eight, if you like. Um, so that is definitely an option. Um, Embleton can also go out wide. So we'll definitely see games where Embleton and Pritchard are in the same team. Whether that'll be Saturday, I'm not totally sure because, you know, some of these players as well, we've got to remember, are still working their way up to full sharpness. You know, Corey Evans has had a break, him back into the side. Um, I think he's going to be a big player this season, but I wouldn't be putting him straight back into the League 11 on Saturday, personally. Dan Neal's had a good rest this week, which I think he probably needed. Worth noting, actually. Incredible, really, but that was the first game of any kind that he hadn't started from, since the start of pre-season, which is just an unbelievable achievement. So, nice for him to get a little breather, and I'd have him back in alongside 0-9 on Saturday, to be honest. Um, I thought it was an excellent performance last night really encouraging a lot of players knocking on the door. But I think you've got to balance that with acknowledging that the players who've played in the league side, um, even if we, you know, account for that disappointment against Fleet would have done an excellent job. Um and I can't imagine in the you know immediate term he's going to kind of rip things up if you like and make wholesale changes. But maybe we'll see one or two of these coming in. Um but yeah there's certainly a huge amount of competition and it'll be up to those who play on Saturday to go again because they'll know now that you know, they've got players kind of breathing down their necks after what happened to Wigan last night. So re really encouraging, although I have to say, I don't expect we'll see a raft of changes necessarily for both. And just back on the, the Carabao Cup, Joe, Sunderland, I think, are the lowest seed left in the competition if AFC Wimbledon failed to beat Arsenal tonight. So a good achievement for Lee Johnson's men, but who do you think, or who would you like to see um, Sunderland draw in the next round? I guess from a, a footballing sense or... You know, somewhere you might want to visit or the fans might get a kick out of going. Yeah, I think everyone probably has their eye on, on probably a big tie, um, big Premier League tie, whether it's Liverpool or Man United, Man City, whether that be home or away, I think there'll be a great occasion, whether it be under the lights at the stadium or light to welcome, you know, a big Premier League side or to the chance to go to one of these big grounds, I think would be would be really good as well. Um, so one of them would be would be really good and um, an opportunity to kind of see some some top players whether that be home or away. Um, and I think, yeah, as you mentioned before, Wimbledon are the only League One side left in the competition, but probably I think they're playing Arsenal, aren't they? So likely to get knocked out as well. So it means Sunderland will, you know, get a championship or a Premier League side. So if, if they did end up with a championship side, maybe a lower championship side, it's obviously more of an opportunity to to get through to the last day. But I think everyone, everyone gets excited about a cup draw, don't they? So if you do go deep, you know, the interest increases and you... You start to look who you could draw next and potential opponents. So, um, yeah, hopefully a big tie in the next round. 
Preston or Stoke away then, Phil, for you? Well, it's just nailed on, isn't it? Like, I feel like every time the football gods get an opportunity to send us away to the northwest, like that's what they do. I feel like I've just spent the last four years of my life traipsing to and from, you know, the lovely and wonderful towns of the northwest. So it just feels like the way that we're going, we're just nailed on for Preston or Stoke. I'm dreaming of a return to Arsenal um, and to my second home of the press lounge at the Emirates, but it seems unlikely. I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself for a trip to trip to Stoke in October. Some more general football news, Phil. I think that's been reported today that the Premier League and the AFL and the Championship are going to trial the uh, safe standing concept, which has been seen all over Europe. Obviously, not sure when that would affect Sunderland in League One, but the rogue end with a, a safe a capacity for safe standard would be quite a sight, wouldn't it? I think it's just a logical progression, isn't it? I mean, I think we all go to grounds around the country and people stand. It's a reality of watching football. Um, and I think it's just good that long, long overdue, the authorities are catching up to the fact that this happens and it's best to do it in a way that can be safer. Um, that can, and that can also improve atmospheres. I know it's something Sunderland have started looking at in the past in anticipation that this change might happen. Obviously, at the moment, it looks like this initial pilot's going to pass them by because, as you mentioned, it's for the Premier League and the Championship. You know, it's, I guess that's another incentive. What a fantastic thing that would be um, if Sunderland could get promoted because I definitely think it's something that would you know, be welcomed by a lot of people at the stadium alike. Um, and I think it would help improve the atmosphere as well. And the main thing is it just gives people choice. As I mentioned, it's something that happens in football grounds now. And it's about how best you manage that and make it safe and give everybody the opportunity. So long, long overdue. And hopefully, you know, for many reasons, someone can get themselves back in the championship. And this would be another one of them. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll finish. There's been a little bit of debate rumbling around social media and across fan sites and, and podcasts about the cashless system at the Stadium of Light and how that might exclude um, some of Sunderland's older fans or fans that aren't necessarily aware that the cashless system's in play. How are you viewing that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it's something that's happening in a lot of stadiums now and most of the stadiums we've been to with Sunderland this year have gone cashless. Fleetwood and Wigan, the most two recent away, away um, grounds, cashless as well. I think that clearly there's been a little bit of an issue in terms of the communication around it. I think maybe you've got to be mindful that you don't necessarily reach all of your fan base through social media, for example. And I think if you, you know, Steve Davison's interview with the club this week seemed to kind of suggest that he agrees with that and that more hasn't been, enough hasn't quite been done. Um, and if anybody's listening who knows anyone who's struggling in the club, I've offered, haven't they, to, to give one-to-one support Um I think it is the way society's going. I think it's safer and I think it does make things quicker inside the ground. That's certainly the feedback I've had from fellow fans who some feel like they would never try and get a pint at half time and now they feel like they can. So I think there's definitely some benefits to it. Um, but obviously it's really important that everybody feels kind of included in the match day experience. And yeah, I think it's imperative the club helps those people. And just to stress again, you know, the club have reached out to say that if anyone is struggling or knows anyone who's struggling then then to get in touch with with a club um, and, and they'll do everything they can and I think that's probably overdue and, and important as well Good stuff, well uh, thank you for joining me both Phil Smith and Joe Nicholson, you can subscribe to the Sunderland Echo for all 
the usual match day content and content throughout the week, transfer rumours and player ratings, all that good stuff, any news lines that come up, we will endeavour to bring them to you as fast as possible. Um, I've been James Copley and thank you once again for listening to the Raw Podcast. Mm-hmm.